Welcome back to Unbossed. I'm Ravana filling in for Senator Nina Turner once again, two days in a row. Can you believe how lucky you all are to be here with me today? And for all of you who are here with me today, don't forget to subscribe to the channel or subscribe on Twitch and give it a follow if you're watching on there. Don't forget to share this stream, send it to your friends, send it to your frenemies. Uh, and don't forget to send some love in the comments so that I can read that after our breaks today. And today I'm joined by Ben Glebe from Rebel HQ, also a comedian with a special out on YouTube. Ben, thanks for joining me today. My pleasure, Ray. Good to see you again. Back to back days as well for us. Right, yeah. And you're on with me tonight, right? On the main show? Indeed, hour two. Nice, nice. Full full week for both of us here. You and I are basically like a, like a like a traveling political commentary team now. Exactly, yeah. Um, but uh, we'll let you stick with the jokes. I've been trying out a few today, and they they all fell flat about the arraignment. So you'll do that. I'll I'll give the facts and uh, copy that. Fantastic. So there is some news going on today. Uh, if you haven't heard, I'm going to assume it's because you're living under a rock. But Donald Trump is being arraigned and we've got some footage. So let's all take a look. We're looking live here. The motorcade has arrived here at the federal courthouse. So again, you're looking live folks. This is the Wilkie D Ferguson Jr. Courthouse in Miami. Uh, there you go, heavily armed um, officials getting out of the motorcade here all to protect the former president as he exits his uh, motorcade and into this federal courthouse where the arraignment will happen. So Trump appeared in court today and pled not guilty to absolutely nobody's surprise. And before that though, he wanted to make it known that he thinks this is all a hoax. If he hasn't gotten that message to you sufficiently he yet. Did? He said that, I can't believe it. <laughs> I know, it's so out of character for him. I also love how much protection we give to traitors. It's very comforting. Right, right. <laughs> We don't give, we, you know, we lock up heroes like Chelsea Manning. Trump gets to travel around with armed guards. Um, but he took to Truth Social, and I know that none of you are on that site, and pretty much no one is on that site. So you probably haven't seen this yet. But he truthed out this morning. This is the, and he capitalized it for some reason, thug overturned consistently and unanimously in big cases that Biden and his corrupt injustice department stuck on me. He's a radical right lunatic and Trump hater. Radical right lunatic, okay, and Trump hater, as are all his friends and family who probably planted information in the, in <laughs> I'm sorry, that's in quotation marks, boxes. <laughs> Give it to, as if we haven't all seen the pictures of the boxes. The concept of boxes is confusing to people, Ray. We're the theoretical boxes. And aren't we all just trapped in boxes in life? Yeah. Trump is a mime trying to escape from his own demise. We're trapped in two little boxes right now. Sorry, boxes. Strong <laughs> strong, very strong point. But he finished his truth by saying they taint everything that they touch, including our country, which is rapidly going to hell. <laughs> but that's not where he stopped. He continued in this next Wait, one. I'm not. I just, have a, I just have a quick request. Please don't refer to his posts as truths. I know he calls them that, but <laughs> that's his whole plan. <laughs> I just don't think it's going to take off the website. And usually I say it like. Truth, <laughs> there's a connotation there. Truth box. Right. <laughs> so he lied this out as well today, <laughs> the second one, um, and said the grand jury was never told about the Presidential Records Act or the Clinton Sox case, both exonerating, which is funny because I'm sorry, he wouldn't know. He wouldn't know exactly what information the grand jury had access to. He wouldn't be privy to that. So he has no clue. Maybe they were told about both, or I really don't think the Clinton Sox thing was something a prosecutor what, would. What is I don't Clinton know what the Sox? I haven't heard of this until now. The Clinton, he never, he never heard Hillary Clinton apparently wore socks. If you don't know that, that would make it very clear I should be allowed to commit treason and espionage. Hillary Clinton sometimes wore socks with her pantsuits. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 true. Uh, it was actually Bill Clinton wore socks and sandals once. So it was a huge scandal. I mean, you should be locked up for that. You should be right. locked up for that. 
<laughs> I just want to make sure no one saw my toes. That's right. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, but so uh, some Trump fans went down to the courthouse and they decided to make a little bit of a ruckus in support. Don't worry, Trump was well protected. He had all of his armed guards, but there was a little commotion. So let's take a look. We lost them. We lost them. I am tired of the Department of Justice, the FBI, sitting on the rear ends and not doing anything about the Hunter Biden laptop. They've had it for a couple of years. We have an evil world, and it could be that God allows Trump to go to jail, but if he does, Trump should say, I want to go to the gulag, and I want to go in there with them, and I'll run from jail, and then we'll pull them all out. Wow, it's a real meeting of the minds going on here I'm sorry, he had classified documents in his garage. I saw it with my own two eyes, Archie. Is that Archie Bunker's wife? What was that? I really like the, you can tell they're trying to use the same language Trump does. The first lady said, we have a two justice system. <laughs> Obviously, she meant to say two tier justice system, which is true for entirely different reasons. Yep. But, oh, that's so good. I mean, and they had the actual Uncle Sam there, Ray. That was right. incredible how they got him. That's a big booking. It's just, if those are the people who are out there supporting me, I'm just gonna plead guilty. Honestly, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be associated with this. Um, but another Trump enabler is actually one of his GOP primary competitors, Vivek Ramaswamy, who showed his support for the former president. Uh, he also had some trouble working a megaphone today. So let's take a look at that. This is an announcement of a letter that my campaign has sent to every other campaign in this race. I will tell you that we have sent this letter and I'm happy to announce this is my commitment on January 20th, 2025. If I'm elected the next US president to pardon Donald J. Trump for these offenses in this federal case. Thank you. How do you do it? You just take this here, like that. Press the button right here. Nobody can hear you at all. Can you hear me? Okay. Can you hear me now? Good. So I'll be fine without this. That's great. (laughs) That's great. I promise, no one has to worry. This man will never be (laughs) president of the United States. He will never have the opportunity to pardon Trump. <laughs> I will run this country because I'm capable. I'm incapable of running basic electronics, but the <laughs> entire country and therefore the world, since America kind of leads stuff, I got. You. I'm sorry. What is that? I press the button. Do I do I talk into the fat end that it gets amplified from, or do I talk into the microphone? Okay, I don't need it. I don't need it. I also like the image of him using the megaphone into the microphone. <laughs> what is the purpose? You've got the microphone, just stick with the microphone. And it's more of these idiots that keep missing the greatest chance to put Trump away as competition. They, The guy is literally indicted for federal espionage crimes and they're all like, I love him, he's right. This is the main thing that could differentiate me because our policies are the same, but let's support the criminal. (laughs) I really enjoyed the part where uh, Ramaswamy held up the piece of paper. Why You didn't need to bring it. If you just said you sent a letter, we'd believe you. We don't need a a visual that nobody can read. (laughs) If you have the vision of a fighter pilot and happen to be in the front row, you too know the promise I make to America. Okay, so that was some of the chaos happening outside of the courthouse. Let's get into the facts of of the indictment, of the arraignment, what he might be facing if he's convicted, which he should be convicted, but God only knows what's gonna happen. So Washington Post reported the maximum punishment for each count of unlawful retention of national defense information is 10 years in prison. 
conspiracy to obstruct justice, tampering with grand jury evidence, and concealing evidence in a federal investigation all carry punishments of up to 20 years. Each false statement charge is punishable by up to five years in prison. If Trump was convicted on all charges, the sentences could run consecutively, amounting to hundreds of years in prison. But federal defendants are rarely given the maximum possible punishment. He does not face any mandatory minimum sentences. Now, Ben, I'll be honest, I really didn't ever, you know, expect before the first indictment, I didn't expect that that was going to happen. You know, I didn't expect this one to happen. So I guess my judgment here of what's likely the outcome is is been a little bit skewed. So what do you think? Do you think that he's going to be convicted? I mean, on the merits of the indictment, he certainly should be. I read through already about two thirds of the full legal indictment this morning, and it's incredibly damning. The evidence that they have, I mean, not only did he have documents that were marked, he was then told he had the documents, he then refused to give them back. He then put them in a bathroom that people had access to, put them in a big dining hall people had access to that any guest could go into. He then Admitted to guests he had the documents, admitted they were classified. He then showed the documents to people, showed it to a reporter on record, on being uh, being recorded, not on record, but being recorded with his permission. He said these are still classified, they're secret, but here are plans for an attack. Check this out. Of course he should be indicted, but there is no way to know because as random luck, I guess, would have it. The judge assigned to the case, of course, is a Trump appointee who has made a lot of Hard to explain decisions on, on Trump's behalf in the past, so that sucks, Major League. But we'll see. Maybe it's too undeniable at this point, and maybe he gets a year or two in jail. Maybe he gets. That's my wish. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed. <laughs> Although I don't know what kind of prison you could put Trump in as a former president of the United States. You know, in the just in the interest of protecting the safety of him and the other prisoners. I I don't know. I don't know where you could put him. He'd have to be solitary. in solitary. He's got to be <laughs> in solitary, and he'd be completely fine in solitary. The man right. loves his own voice and his own company perfectly. But you can't put Trumpy in a box, so that's the other problem. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll keep everybody updated on uh, on what's going on with the arraignment and throughout the day. TYT is going to keep you updated on developments there. Let's move on into this next story where a massive highway collapse occurred in Philadelphia on Sunday after a driver lost control of a tanker truck that caught fire beneath an overpass. And of course, Fox News host Jesse Waters, while covering this, blamed Pete Buttigieg's quest for equity for the collapse of I-95. Let's watch. Infrastructure, but we have been surrounded by reminders of the importance of our infrastructure, which is why we're coming together at such an important moment. Mm, that speech reminded me of another one that we play on this by another person in the administration. Uh, the latest disaster has some calling into question Buttigieg's obsession with equity over actually fixing America's crumbling infrastructure. The Transportation Secretary launching a $1 billion pilot to build racial equity into roads and has spoken in the past about how construction workers are not diverse enough. Jesse, it is something to see infrastructure like that crumble. And we know that we need to do things for infrastructure. But this is going to cause a huge amount of problems in that area for months. Well, that was a racist highway that deserves to die. They recovered a body from the scene and Jesse Waters commentary is the highway was racist because in the past, Pete Buttigieg has mentioned that historically our infrastructure has been one, constructed in a way to benefit majority white communities and disadvantaged black communities. And two, the upkeep of those has heavily been advantaging the majority white neighborhoods over the majority black neighborhoods. Even here in Chicago, if you look at the roads up here on the north side versus the roads on the south side, I mean, there's barely roads on the south side at this point. They are so, so deeply damaged and there's not being, you know, uh, there hasn't in the past been an effort to address this racial inequity. So God forbid someone step up and do it because then you've got Jesse Waters idiot ass on you complaining about, complaining about it and calling the roads racist when you'd have to be a moron to think that's what was meant. I mean, I, you know, Ben, I hate watching Fox News clips, they always, Piss me off, but this stuff in particular, when they blame people, whenever there's a 
you know, an infrastructure issue, they'll say, oh, well, Pete Buttigieg was too busy raising his his babies, his his gabies to, you know, care. But like they that just really gets under my skin. Yeah, it is thoroughly infuriating watching any Fox News clip. Not like Dana Perino's any better talking about. In the past, he's talked about making sure hiring is fair. Can you <laughs> believe that? But just the smarminess on these people, they don't even give off the vibe that they're trying to present the news. They just give off the vibe of like smarmy, privileged frat boys at like a Ivy League school being like, oh, I guess that was a racist road that people died under on account of the gay transportation secretary wanting roads to be non-racist and gay. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll take another martini. I mean, it's just in, they're such smarmy, bad faith idiots. It's very unpleasant to see them talking publicly. I wish they would have a gag order, you know, maybe like <laughs> a towel in their mouth with some sort of a thing that makes them go. Oh, I'm just gonna rest for a little while. <laughs> Speaking of gay roads, have you seen the videos of sometimes crosswalks will be painted the rainbow flag for Pride Month? Conservatives being so mad about it that they refuse to step on the crosswalk. So they're just walking in traffic to avoid stepping on a rainbow crosswalk. And I think that that is so emblematic of the conservative ideology. <laughs> yes, they see a pride, pride colored sidewalk and they suddenly channel Christopher Lloyd from Back to the Future. Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> but speaking of roads, let's pull up these pictures of the collapse on I-95 in Pennsylvania. So here's this image, you can see where the smoke from the fire is. And if we pull up these next images, you can get a better look at how severe the smoke coming from there was and the damage to the road. Um, and then CNN reported some updates on the crash itself. Uh, so according to that reporting, authorities are working to identify a body recovered from the wreckage. The highway overpass came crashing down around 6.20 AM Sunday after a tanker truck carrying 8,500 gallons of gasoline crashed and exploded in flames under it. Officials said the truck had taken an off ramp, crashed into its side while trying to go around a curve, slammed into a wall and ignited a fire. It could take months to rebuild the damage section of the highway, a major East Coast highway that typically carries about 160,000 vehicles through Philadelphia daily. So, I mean, this this is a huge, a huge story. This is going to be a huge uh, undertaking to repair. It's going to be, uh, and obviously, there's been the loss of life there as well. So, of course, Fox News isn't going to cover any of that. They're just going to talk about uh, racist roads and gay roads. I mean. People don't go there for their their news anyway, <laughs> but it's true. People go there for their outrage. But I I personally think the real story being kind of buried here is not enough people are talking about the reckless driver of an eighty five thousand gallon oil tanker. How about when you got that much gasoline in your car, you take it easy on the turns? How about you ease into the turns on account of your car is very flammable. Right. We've also seen a lot of reports about, you know, the ridiculous hours that truckers in the industry are forced to work. So we, you know, have to stay on top of the story to see if that played a role in it. Um, True, also, but pull over. You're that right. tired. You're not, gosh, I'm real tired. I got a very flammable car that could destroy a highway. Let's just turn this real quick like it's on rails and see what happens. <laughs> not the move. All right, so if you're out there driving and you're tired, pull over everybody. Um, but we have to pull over quick for a break right now. Ooh, nicely so done, nicely done. <laughs> thanks. So uh, when we come back, we'll be reading some of your comments. So stick around. Welcome back to Unbossed. I'm joined today by Ben Glebe once again. And Ben, you've got something going on that you want to tell the people about, right? That's a fact. I would love to talk to the people. Hello, people. <laughs> I am very excited. I have a so I created the world's first virtual comedy venue called Nowhere Comedy. I'm not even in this show on Saturday night, but it's so good I wanted to tell you about it. The legendary Doug Stanhope will be appearing on the roundtable discussion of Green Room with Paul Provenza live from Paul's backyard. It's an inside thing that's only private invites to Paul's backyard, but you can get a ticket to be there live with Annie Letterman, 
um, and uh, a bunch of other comedians performing and then being part of this roundtable discussion with Doug and Paul and Kelly Carlin, George Carlin's daughter will be there. It's gonna be an amazing, amazing event. You can get a ticket if you'd like right now. I believe it's still early bird pricing of just like $10 at nowherecomedy.com. It's this Saturday evening, 7.30 Pacific, 10.30 Eastern. Nowherecomedy.com. Everybody, you gotta go check that out this Saturday, said 10.30 Eastern. Correct. Fantastic, all right, well, check that out, but also, don't forget to check out Unbossed VODs whenever you miss this show live. You can always watch videos on demand on the YouTube channel. You can find full clips by scanning that QR code or you can just go to youtube.com slash unbossed TYT. That's youtube.com slash unbossed TYT. Also wanna say a special thanks to all the mods for keeping the chat clean, safe and fun. You're wonderful, we love you. You make the chat fun, you keep it safe, you keep it clean. I've got the chat pulled up. I'm looking at you out of the corner of my eye. I see what a good job the mods are doing. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, also wanna remind everybody to become a member. Only $4.99 a month, your contribution gets to keep TYT independent, keeps Unbossed independent and allows us to continue reporting the facts. Corporate media doesn't want you to know and they won't tell you. Help us fight for a future where the media doesn't do the bidding of the establishment. See how you can make an impact at tyt.com slash impact. And lastly, I wanna remind you all that the TYT Juneteenth special is coming up. It'll be on Friday, June 16th at 8 p.m. They'll have some special guests, including Senator Nina Turner, Mayor Mondell Robinson, Sharon Reed, Adrian Lawrence, and J.R. Jackson. So they're gonna discuss the history of Juneteenth, its significance in today's current political climate. So you can just watch that where you watch TYT, tyt.com slash live or on YouTube and on Twitch. Okay, let's get into what you guys are saying. Looney Tunes over on Twitch says, "Oh hell yeah, we get more Ray and Ben tonight. Yes, you do, double dose. Um, Very exciting for everybody involved. Neil Mick says of the woman in the Trump video from the protest, wow, she spelled innocent correctly. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> that is actually, that is a feat for a Trump supporter. <laughs> They're not known for their literacy. Um, over on YouTube, Neil Mick says, I'll take, quote, too much time on their hands for $400, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> And then one dead hippie says, this is what happens when you defund public education for 40 plus years. Yeah, that sounds about right. I done seen it with my own eyes, Biden had it too. He's also got a special counsel investigating it and he also didn't refuse to turn the documents back in and hide them in a bathroom. But but I still done seen it, I gotta go. I also like the defense that Trump's bathroom door had a lock on it. Like, yeah, what yeah. he's in there. <laughs> yeah, it's from not- the inside is how bathroom door locks typically go. Unless you're trying to trap people in your bathroom, which I wouldn't put beyond Trump, to be honest. Right. <laughs> All right, last last comments, let's move over to the members section. Texan says, Ben and Ray, the perfect people to dunk on the former president's perp walk. Thank you. And then Mountain Dragon says, pump your fist, uh, Turner time with the wonderful Ray to help us out. I miss the powerful senator, but loving the time and presence of the great Ravana. TYT has the best people in the world to help guide us through this crazy news thread we go through every day. Oh, that was the nicest. That was so sweet. Thank you. You just made my day, Mountain Dragon. Honestly, yep. some sometimes that, I'll look. And, sorry, well, that person didn't like. Did that person didn't like me very much? But go ahead. <laughs> Sometimes I'll look over out of the corner of my eye. This happened last week, and I just saw a comment that said, Ew, Ravana. And I was like, Oh, oh no. <laughs> I'm glad I read that one. <laughs> so, Mountain Dragon, you have canceled that out. So, thank you for that. <laughs> but, Ben, are you ready to get into this next story? I am not. Could I have about seven minutes? <laughs> All right, fine. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Trigger warning, everybody. Charlie Kirk. Welcome to the White House. Thank you. Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Year. Happy Pride Life. Yeah. Can we take a little video? Hi, Mr. President. It is an honor for Human Rights. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay.
So would it surprise you at all to see that the the celebration of pride at the White House really ticked off one large headed individual, Charlie Kirk? I bet it wouldn't. So let's we're gonna discuss this, but first let's bring up what how he described the scenario. Trans TikTok quote influencer, which is ironic, Charlie Kirk, because what would you describe yourself as then? If not an if influencer is a fake job, what the hell is it that you do? Rose Montoya posed topless at Biden's White House pride celebration next to he misgenders her is a biological female also topless who had and also some more misgendering her breast surgically removed. So first of all, I want to say, I, if you don't see a trans woman as a woman, what are you offended by when you see her breasts then? If that is- That's if, a strong question. Right, if you, men can go topless, that's not a non-issue. So why would you be offended if you don't see her as a woman to see her breasts, which she covered with her hands? I mean, nothing inappropriate was being shown. So I don't know, Ben, <laughs> where do we start with this? Look, I, as you know, Charlie Kirk is my nemesis, and I am the one that that made very public that he thinks human beings and dolphins are the same thing. So <laughs> I hate to side with Charlie Kirk, and I don't appreciate his intentional misgendering. But on this issue, I do agree with the right. I think it was totally inappropriate for these people to go topless at the White House. People don't do that. You've never seen that at a at a straight event honoring anybody. And I think it really undermines the cause of LGBTQ rights for the push for people to be seen equally and treated equally. And for them to be able to effectively combat the accusation that they are trying to do lewd and lascivious things in public to do that at the White House. It's never been done to my knowledge that I've ever seen. Shouldn't be a man topless, shouldn't be a woman topless. If you had Kid Rock at the White House also topless, then 100% it's cool, but it's not okay. They knew it wasn't okay and that's why someone in the background the moment goes, "Ooh, are we going topless at the White House? I think it's a big mistake and I really think it was kind of gross that it was done. Okay, fair enough. I think we defer a bit on this. I felt like it was kind of an innocent moment, especially for the, it was mostly trans men there who were showing their uh, their top surgery scars off in the picture, which and I don't, the White House. I, don't Why? The, Why? I don't think the White House, well, I mean, it's a, a big moment for the White House to recognize gay and trans rights. You know, they're showing the kids that we have a government that's gonna stand behind us. Uh, and you know, eventually, or just to show the public, you know, they are behind us on this. Should she have taken her top off? Probably not. Um, but I fully stand behind the trans men there showing off their surgical scars. If they were taking Why? a picture, they were taking a TikTok. I don't see Why? the White House Why as some like showing surgery scars at the White House. Are they, are they trying to make the White House be stuck in a tough position where they don't want to support LGBTQ people in the future? They don't want to support trans people in the future. They're gonna take off and show surgery scars off their naked chest if it's a guy or a girl, it makes no sense. I don't know, I just don't see the White House as this, you know. I think that the in the past we've seen the White House, if it's supposed to be a you know respected establishment, disrespected on multiple occasions throughout history. I think the fact that it's a location where the largest slave trade occurred is you know maybe evidence that worse things have happened there. Um, but I don't but know. We don't set the bar based on low bars. I mean, the bad things that happened in the White House, people have had to generally pay the price for that, and big scenes are made about that. It's not like Bill Clinton's inappropriate behavior there was not made into a national scene for years. Well, he wasn't exactly the person who got the backlash for that, though. <laughs> not, not That's you know, so as true. far as his career went, he was able to be the president and then retire, and I don't know look wilted in public next to his wife for some time. You know, that being said, I, I respect your opinion on this. Um, personally, I don't know, after after you know years of my community being oppressed, I think that this moment of you know silliness and joy was a lot more innocent than it's being framed by the right wing to be. Uh, and just to but, that but point. To me, it's just feeding the right wing. It's just feeding the right wing unnecessarily and and, and putting fodder right into their hands. I mean, no matter what happened, they're complaining about the the pride flag being displayed. No matter what happened there, they were gonna be outraged, and there was gonna be you know theoretical fodder. But we're getting the 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 sign that we have to move on to the next graphic, so let's do that. Um, this is Todd's 
Starnes, I don't know who the hell this guy is, some conservative person who said, could someone explain why transgender activists were permitted to disrobe in front of children on the White House lawn during Biden's gay palooza? Which to that point, it was mostly men's bare chests. The idea that a child is gonna be scandalized by something they would see at the beach to me is ridiculous. They wrote hashtag perverts, hashtag criminal, which last again, it's not, it's there's no criminal act being committed. Even if you have a disagreement with what they did, they didn't do anything illegal. Men in my neighborhood walk around shirtless constantly. They mow their lawns against my wishes genuinely shirtless, but um, let's keep going. There's CJ Pearson here. This is the White House. Joe Biden has brought more shame onto this country than any other president in American history, which is a strong statement considering several uh, presidents were slave owners and Andrew Jackson genocided most of the native population. So, well, there's that. Um, let's go down to Michael Knowles, which is the fifth graphic. Um, just moving along. Yeah, which group is more degenerate? The Transvestite strippers or the White House staff that invited them. Jesus Christ, Michael, you were in a gay, you were played a gay character in a movie. Michael, there's a video of you pretending that you just had sex with another man rolling out. Was that was that degenerate when you it was okay when you were just playing gay for money? But God forbid people actually be gay. Um, and then lastly, Dana Loesch says, no, this isn't another hookers and blow photo from Hunter's laptop, which okay, I'm I'm not even gonna give that one. I was gonna stop right there. The pictures on Hunter Biden's laptop are actual nude pictures. They are him in the middle of a sex act. This is someone, this is three men and a woman topless. Like for the love of God, get some perspective. I don't know, all right. <laughs> I, I still think, those aren't even comparable because you're allowed to shoot personal if it's if it's with people of age consenting you're allowed to have personal sex videos on your own laptop probably shouldn't do it at one of the places we do try to hold a little bit of uh, of decorum at that said and based on the point you made earlier I would like to apologize to all of my neighbors for walking my dog shirtless <laughs> and kind of trying to get sun I'm sure they don't love it it's not a great scene but I got to get my tan in <laughs> Whatever you're able to get it in. I mean, our jobs, we for the most part sit in front of a computer. You're doing stand up indoors. Whenever you're able to get the tan, you got to do it. But Thank as you. long as we're talking about conservative outrage about uh, Pride Month, let's let's move into something more positive at the beginning, and then the conservative outrage to that, which was that country star Garth Brooks faced a boycott after saying his new bar would serve all beers. Including Bud Light, which you know, a few months ago that sentence would not seem like it would be something that would cause outrage. But because we live in this ridiculous world we live in now, of course it does. So let's go to this reporting from Insider. Brooks, the second best-selling musical artist of all time. Wait, I'm sorry, is that true? <laughs> that caught me off. Really? <laughs> okay, the second best-selling musical artist of all time told Billboard he hoped friends at Low Places Bar at Honky Tonk, which is set to open in the South Broadway district of Nashville, would be, quote, the Chick-fil-A of Honky Tonks. I want it to be a place you feel safe in. I want it to be a place where you feel like there are manners and people like one another, he said. And yes, we're going to serve every brand of beer. We just are. It's not our decision to make. Our thing is this, if you are, uh, if you are let into this house, Love one another. If you're an asshole, there are plenty of other places on Lower Broadway. Um, several bars in the same section of Lower Broadway, including Kid Rock's big ass honky tonk rock and roll steakhouse, removed Bud Light from the menu in early April. But when Insider looked at the steakhouse's website in June, the beer was back on the menu. Brooks' decision to support the beer has angered some of the country star's conservative audience. The hashtag boycott Garth Brooks has more than 33. 30,700 views. So, I mean, come on. It's a beer. They said they're a beer that has been supporting Republican conservative causes financially for years. They sent one can, one specialized can to a trans influencer, and conservatives lost their minds. Although I will say it's nice that Garth Brooks didn't just sort of put out a statement like, you know, we already made a deal with Bud Light, we're not gonna pull. They, he actually said, hey, don't be an asshole when you come into my restaurants, respect one another. I think that that's, you know, that's something at least. 
I agree. I've always liked Garth Brooks. I like his music and I like that he is standing by this. And it just again proves the absurdity of the selective outrage of the right. Because Kid Rock's bar, as you read, has <laughs> Bud Light back on the menu. That's not a problem because it's Kid Rock who used to drink Bud Light while standing next to transgender people and next to drag queens and has always supported until it got him headlines to not do it. So it's very, very stupid. Blame it all on my roots. <laughs> I support different groups, including the LGBT. I love them for it. Kid Rock, who wrote a song for the movie Osmosis Jones, where he talks about statutory rape in a positive way. That's not grooming. That song isn't grooming, which why the hell is it in that movie? But anyway. Well, well, that's not the same as giving a promotional can to a human, right? Right, right. <laughs> okay, um, speaking of conservative outrage and, and ghoulish behavior, let's move into this next story, which is really disappointing to me as a fan of the WNBA and Brittany Griner. But upon her return to the United States after being freed from Russian prison, Brittany Griner, Brittany Griner, excuse me, has faced a lot of harassment online and in the media by right wingers who felt that she wasn't worth being saved. And it appears that even though some time has now passed, it's not letting up. So let's watch this outrageous video. Was that was that a fair trade for the merchant of debt? I know you kill it on the court, but he kills it in real life. Is it true you'd have sex with Vladimir Putin to get released from Russia, Brit? Get out of the way, dog. Brit. Get out of the way. Brit, is it true you had to get out of the way? What about his wife? What are you doing? I was trying to talk to Brittany. I want to say shut the hell up. I want to say shut the hell up to every single person who is pretending that they know who the merchant of death is. Or every single person who is pretending that they had any inkling of an idea who that person was until it came time to make a trade to save an American citizen. Someone who has been you know, out of the game apparently for decades upon decades, who the first thing he did upon being released was an interview in a magazine where he said there's too many genders in the United States. I'm not afraid of that guy. He doesn't have any sort of institutional power. He's not a threat to you for the love of God. The fact that you think that we should you know, keep someone who's an old man now rotting in a prison when we could give him up to save a United States citizen from an unfair jail in Russia is beyond me. It is disgusting to me and I've seen time and time again, Conservatives saying, "Oh, it's the worst trade deal in history." You don't know anything. Shut the hell up. And Ben, maybe it's because I am passionate about women's sports that I I feel so strongly about this. But I think that they're just—it's ridiculous. You did—they didn't know who that person was. Oh, they definitely didn't know who the person was. And I don't think this harassment of Brittany Griner's cool and the person just clearly not even trying to have a conversation but is looking at his own camera smiling and trying to get attention for himself and it's pretty disgusting. That said, so glad Brittany Griner's home, so glad we made the deal. Not a fair trade, not, not an appropriate trade in my opinion. I mean, literal terrorist for basketball player doesn't seem just on the facts of it like a fair trade and seems like we came from position of weakness. But I also think it's important to bring Americans home and hopefully the person is old enough, too old to do any more any more horrible acts. But but I guess I see that a little bit differently, but the person's it, behavior is deplorable regardless. Yeah, and speaking of that deplorable behavior, let's talk about him and who he is. So that was Right wing media personality Alex Stein, who is just being an absolute asshole. And that's, <laughs> I wish I could put it in different terms. Unfortunately, I cannot. Um, but so let's get into some more details about what was happening there uh, from Yahoo News. According to a police report obtained by ESPN, the man who was described by the WNBA as a provocateur approached Griner as her team was walking through a concourse at Dallas Fort Worth International Airport on Saturday morning. The team was traveling to Indiana for a Sunday game after facing the Dallas Wings twice in Griner's home state of Texas. The incident reportedly occurred in Dallas Fort Worth Terminal A, which is the exclusive terminal of American Airlines. The man who apparently did not have an American Airlines ticket reportedly left via the Skylink train towards terminals B and D. So 
Uh, Brittany Griner's teammate, Brianna Turner, put out a statement to show her support, but also raise awareness of, <laughs> of some of the safety issues that the WNBA players have to face. She tweeted, player safety while traveling should be at the forefront. People following with cameras saying wild remarks is never acceptable. Excessive harassment, our team nervously huddled in a corner, unsure how to move about. We demand better and they have been demanding better for a long time. They've been pushing for enhanced safety and they've particularly been capitalizing on this moment where more and more people are paying attention because of what happened with Brittany Griner. Um, but some more information on that from Yahoo News. Players have requested for years that the league allow them to travel via charter flights, an idea the league has consistently rejected and forbidden because it would be too expensive. Some teams have signed a uh, signal the willingness to pay for them and incurred punishments for actually doing so, but the league has deemed it an unfair advantage. The politicization of Griner's situation, however, created an obvious security risk in traveling via public airport terminals. And I would like to say that um, just as it wasn't included in that report, they say it would be too expensive, but the players have outlined a plan in which it would be fully funded, especially with the teams who have a willingness to pay for it. Their owners have a willingness to pay for it. Um, so that's sort of just been a ridiculous excuse, especially considering how much money the people who own the teams are making as individuals. The league, you know, the NBA more broadly is making <laughs> in profits. It's doable and it should be done to protect the safety of these players, in my opinion. As a road traveling stand up comedian, my level of empathy for people being heckled, being some sort of major emergency, is not through the roof. I don't know that it's a major safety concern, it's just annoying personally and an inconvenience. But I think they should be taken care of as much as the league and the teams can afford. I don't see any reason not to. Right, they could do it, they're just dragging their feet on it. So support for the the WNBA players as they continue to battle for, you know, just to be <laughs> treated fairly in sports. Um, let's move on to this next story. A Mississippi civil rights lawyer was arrested for filming a police officer during a traffic stop. And now there's an added element to it. So let's get into this from the Associated Press. A Mississippi civil rights lawyer was arrested Saturday after filming a traffic stop conducted by officers from a police department she is suing in federal court, her attorney says. says. Jill Colin Jefferson is the president of Julian, the civil rights organization that filed a federal lawsuit last year against the Lexington Police Department on behalf of a group of city residents. Michael Carr, Jefferson's attorney, told the Associated Press she was arrested late Saturday evening after she filmed officers after they pulled someone over. And we have a picture here of Jefferson to pull up. There's Jefferson. Now, Jefferson was arrested nine days after Assistant Attorney General Kristen Clark of the US Department of Justice's Civil Rights Division traveled to Lexington to meet with community members about allegations of police brutality in the small town. Jefferson's lawsuit claims police have subjected Lexington residents to false arrests, excessive force, and intimidation. Now, Jefferson's attorney, Michael Carr, issued a statement that reads in part, as an advocate for her clients, Jill Jefferson believes that this pattern and practice has happened to citizens in Lexington. Though this experience, through this experience, she is showing the state, the area, and possibly the nation the corrupt practices of this city. So we have some examples here of police brutality in Lexington. So here's a headline from Reason. Lawsuit, police officer broke a 61 year old woman's leg, then bragged he quote man dropped her. Before assaulting her, the cops taunted her for being homeless, she claims. And according to the Lexington Police Department misconduct report, there was more than 12 formal complaints in 2022 filed against Lexington police officers. But of course, they're not the only city in Kentucky that has issues with police brutality. We can look at this headline from March of this year. Louisville police discriminate against black people, United States Justice Department. Says so. I mean, here then we have a story where someone who is a civil rights attorney, uh, who knows her rights, and knows that she's allowed to film the police, uh, is the victim of a crime by the police and police brutality herself. I mean, or at least an unfair arrest. I mean, I'm sure the police officers just thought that they were going to abuse their power with a, a regular black woman, and that would be fine. And then it was probably the worst day of their life when they realized not only is she a civil rights lawyer. 
She's a civil rights lawyer who is currently suing us for police brutality. <laughs> yes, oops on that for sure. Although I really do blame this civil rights lawyer for expecting to be allowed to expose the truth in Kentucky. That seems like she really miscalculated that situation. Move to a different state that's not a backwoods situation in which the police are super corrupt. And I, I put that wholly on her, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, just for anyone who didn't catch on to that, it was a joke. <laughs> um, all right, we've got one more story today. So let's dive into this next one. We finally got some good news, which is nice. <laughs> After a long day of telling you all the horrible things that are happening, we get to end on something. That is good, and that is that New York City has announced a minimum wage, a new minimum wage for app food delivery workers. Thank God, it's one of the it's a it's a more dangerous job in some cities than being a police officer is because of the amount of accidents that these delivery drivers get into. But let's get into the facts of what's going on here from CNN. Manhattan's 60,000 food delivery workers currently make an average. Uh, on average, about $7.09 an hour, according to a news release from the city, explaining the new pay rate will allow them to eventually earn at least $19.96 an hour. This, the pay will increase to $17.96 an hour on July 12th and increase again to nearly $20 an hour in April of 2025. In the statement, our delivery workers have consistently delivered for us, now we are delivering for them. New York City Mayor Eric Adams said the new minimum pay rate up by almost $13 an hour will guarantee these workers and their families can earn a living, access greater economic stability, and help keep our city's legendary restaurant industry thriving. Of course, the delivery companies are not happy about this. They would like to be able to pay these drivers $0 if they could, I'm sure they would do that. Um, so it's nice to see some government step up and, and demand that they pay them fairly. Um, but of course, they're not happy. They made some statements to CNN. Let's read this first one. However, DoorDash said in a statement Sunday that is considering litigation to push back against the city's quote extreme policy, saying it goes beyond the standards other industries are held to. Though it's not opposed to a minimum wage for delivery workers. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry, this it's insane. Other industries, the workers have to make a minimum wage and they are held to that standard. The idea that it is an extreme policy that your industry would now be, the policy would actually be applied to them, finally. <laughs> the idea it's extreme is ridiculous. Um, let's, let's keep going though, we got another one here. Today's deeply misguided decision by the DCWP ignores the unintended consequences it will cause and sadly will undermine the very delivery workers it seeks to support. A spokeswoman for the company said, given the broken process that resulted in such an extreme final minimum pay rule. I'm gonna pause right there, extreme, extreme, that's bare, $17 an hour and even $20 an hour. In New York City is not that much money. The cost of living there is absurd. That is a that is almost still too little money to be giving them. It's I don't know, Ben. This is just making me so angry to read. Yeah, I mean, obviously they get tips on top of that, but agreed, the cost of living in New York is very, very high, and this is quite the move by Adams. I think it's fantastic to be paying people as much as possible for the jobs that we all rely on. This is almost a 200% pay raise, which is far more than any union would ever negotiate for and ever ask for. And of course, delivery drivers should have a minimum wage and it should be a generous minimum wage. I think this rate is fantastic. I do hope that it doesn't result in them having to use use robots to make deliveries instead or do something else if they feel they cannot actually afford it. But if the numbers bear out and if they did due diligence to figure out that this can be you know, uh, taken on by the restaurants and not put them into financial trouble because running restaurants is not easy either, I'm all in favor of it. It's fantastic. I want the minimum wage to be as high as possible for everybody, obviously, as long as it doesn't put those people out of work. So hopefully it's all good, but it's a great development. And I like New York stepping up to help the delivery workers that we all rely on. So it's very nice. Right, and <laughs> Uber Eats apparently is not gonna step up 
all of these workers or they're they're upset that it's happening because we have this statement that they made to CNN. Uh, Uber Eats said the city is not quote being honest with delivery workers in a statement Sunday. Uber also owns Postmates, which is great. I think the idea that the city had to tell the, the Uber drivers, the delivery drivers that they were being underpaid. The idea that they weren't acutely aware of their circumstances. And speaking of circumstances- The just, city is lying to you, you're making plenty of money. Oh, right. oh. Well, I didn't realize <laughs> that, got it. Um, but yeah, let's talk about that because there's uh, the level of poverty in New York City is very high. Let's pull this up. Almost 2.7 million New Yorkers or 13.9% of the state's population live in poverty. And a lot of the people living in poverty work full time jobs. Some of them are delivery drivers. I do, I just can't get over the idea though that they they had to be told. I had no idea I wasn't making a lot of money until (laughs) until Eric Adams gave me a ring on the phone and said, hey. Would you like to make I more money? I was making plenty of cash until Uber let me know that apparently I am so well paid, I'm rich, I'm rich. <laughs> All right, well, Ben, thank you so much for joining me today. Always a pleasure. Tell the people where they can find your work. Uh, this Saturday, great show with Doug Stanhope, NowhereComedy.com. You can go to my website, BenGlebe.com for all of my things. And follow me at Ben Glebe on Instagram. Twitter and TikTok, three stand up comedy clips every week, plus my Rebel HQ videos to a week there as well. Great. And everyone also check out my Rebel HQ videos, YouTube and Facebook. And thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to stick around because we have watch lists with JR Jackson coming up after this. But thanks all for spending some time out of your day with us. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.